somehow we can improve our physical health so that we can enjoy the life God has called us to, to the absolute fullest. Yes, I hope you are having a very full life this week, this moment, this day that you are listening to this. I hope you're feeling good and feeling energetic. And I am looking forward to our conversation today and chatting about three foods that you can toss right out of your kitchen. Couple things before we hop in. Number one, I just want to really, really, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for those of you ladies who have submitted reviews for the podcast. I know I've mentioned it before, but I get emails every single time a review is submitted and I read it and it makes my day and it just, oh, touches me so much that you take the time to do that and help make this a two-way conversation. And I love getting emails from you as well or messages from you so that it becomes real. It's not just me talking to whoever somewhere out there. So thank you so much, especially those of you who just recently have put your reviews up. I appreciate it and your words are just so kind. I really appreciate it. Okay, next, I have to disclaimer this. If you're new around here, you might not know that I am very much about balance, very much about 80-20, 80% whole clean foods and 20% having treats and indulgences. So that's why I promote eating all the time. I really dislike saying bad foods and good foods. And I think that that can cause a lot of problems for a lot of people in feeling guilty when you eat then quote unquote bad foods or feeling like you need to exercise it off or whatever. And a lot of times on Instagram, I will make posts that show like the nutritional value of say an apple and then the nutritional value of let's say wine because they're pretty equal and I will I will put like being good quote unquote is the apple and being bad is the wine and a lot of times things can be presented like this where really when you look at the nutritional value they're exactly the same a lot of times uh different foods even like say a s'more it's you know it's just about that s'more season we've already been doing s'mores for a while maybe you have too at least a couple fires under our belts by now and a s'more I have to look up my old posts because now I'm just pulling this from somewhere, but I think it's like the same calories as a Cliff Bar or something like that, and the same and very similar macros. So I just really don't like demonizing any food groups and saying, like, you should never have this. But what I'm talking about today is foods that really are not enhancing your life in any way. So yes, you can still have these in your 20% have these moderately, but I think that they're just so little value to you. There's just adequate substitutions that you really could do without them. Because there's other things I could have put on this list, um, you know, that are not the best to have all the time, but there's not the best substitutions for them. I don't know if this is making sense. Like if I'm craving a Reese's cup, I'm just going to eat a Reese's cup. I'm not going to look at what's in the Reese's cup and be like, oh, these ingredients are so bad. I'm just going to go find a really high quality dark chocolate peanut butter cup. Like I'm just going to eat the Reese's cup because that's what I want. Okay. And that's fine. (laughs) So I wouldn't tell you like throw Reese's cups out of your kitchen and only ever have this specific organic fair trade chocolate substitute. Like eat what you want in moderation and all of that. But Part of the 80% whole clean foods, we want to make that 80% as clean as we can according to our knowledge of foods, according to our budget for groceries. Like there's a lot of factors that come into play here, but a lot of times I think just that knowledge piece can go a long way. And this, so that's what I'm looking at today are three things that I really do not think give you any benefit ever, but you can absolutely still have them in moderation whenever you want to because it's your life and it's you're the one that gets to be 
the decision maker here. I am just going to share some research with you and hopefully educate you a little bit so that you know what you're eating. I think the knowledge is the big piece so that you don't fry up your veggies in sunflower oil, let's say, and think, wow, I'm so healthy because I'm eating these veggies. Yes, that's great that you're eating them, but could you substitute a healthier oil? So with that segue, I'm going to go right into number one. So the first of foods that you can throw out of your kitchen are vegetable oils. And this I looked up on my, let me look at the site real quick, mindbodygreen.com, I think, something like that. Yeah, mindbodygreen.com. This is according to New York Times bestselling author and MD, Kate Shanahan. So we care more about the fact that she's an MD than an author because anybody can write anything. But um, she says, direct quote, I think vegetable oils are the number one cause of health problems in this country, which is a really, you know, heavy hand to lay on vegetable oils. But firstly, before we even get into them, think again, there's just an easy substitution. Like you can use olive oils, you can use We'll talk about it, I guess. <laughs> but I don't freak out if you're like, oh my gosh, I use vegetable oil all the time. Like, we're good. this is the point. I'm just trying to help educate you and then we can swing around to it. And I'll talk about what I personally do too. Okay, so she's, she made the broad statement of vegetable oils, but then later on in the article, and this was also, I didn't listen to the podcast, but I was reading the notes from it. Apparently there's a Mind Body Green podcast and in the podcast episode, she explained that she is referring to eight specific types of vegetable oils, okay? So these are the foods that you really could kick out of your kitchen and not miss. Corn oil, canola oil, cottonseed oil, soy oil, sunflower oil, safflower oil, grapeseed oil, and rice bran. These oils are deemed unhealthy by Shanahan for two reasons. They're highly refined and they're high in polyunsaturated fatty acids. Okay, Though polyunsaturated fats are actually healthier than saturated and trans fat, Shanahan says they are highly unstable, which means that when they're exposed to chemicals in the refining process, they're stripped of their antioxidants, vitamins, and minerals. Over time, this polyunsaturated fat becomes stored in body fat, which may lead to inflammation. So what I'm getting from that, what I'm taking from that, is the fact that these oils are stripped of all of the good things and over time, it can build up and be stored in the fat in your body. So a lot of this is like, again, in in very small amounts, not a huge deal, but it's more the accumulation of it, which is similar to I've kind of been listening to podcasts and going more down a rabbit hole in like the toxins and cookware and toxins in our environment. And you can, you know, make that consume all of your time. But I'm just trying to educate myself a little bit so I can make a little bit, you know, more educated choices when I am buying new things or whatever. And that's a big thing is the accumulation. So I think it's a similar case here where it's the accumulation of having these oils a a lot and often and frequently. So if you can substitute, like absolutely, um, just look at your labels. This is something, sunflower oil is in a lot of food and a lot of like gluten-free chips, you know, I'll pick up something at Aldi and look at the back and sunflower oil is almost always in there, popcorns, like those kinds of things. So even if you're like, I never cook with soy oil, like that doesn't happen, take a peek at the really the processed foods that you're having. And that's the thing. This is why 80%, eating 80% whole clean foods, like not highly processed foods, you're going to be in a good spot. Because if you very rarely have things like chips and like... um 
Chips is literally the only thing I can think of right now. <laughs> I don't know, different flavored pretzels and popcorn, things like that. It's crackers. You know, it's in these highly processed foods. So this is why you don't want them to consume 80% of your diet. You want them to be in the 20% and only when it's really worth it, you know, only when it's something you actually really like. I Last night I made us a salad and I crunched up some tortilla chips uh, that I do think were fried in the sunflower oil because they were a gluten-free kind that I really like from Aldi. They're like sweet chili gluten-free chips. Pretty sure, again, that sunflower oil is involved, but I crunched up a couple and put them over my husband and my salad. So did I, could I have used the blue corn organic tortilla chips that I also buy from there? Yes, I could have. You know what I mean? It's all choices. So do what you want with this information, but those oils, again, just are highly refined and are not the best choices for you. But looking at the labels, uh, one thing that I know is definitely has these oils in it is that I can't believe it's not butter. And if you are still a person that thinks that this is a healthier option than an olive oil or a, a real butter, it is not. It's just full of chemicals and crap. Okay, so just sort of row that out. And again, do what you want with the other stuff. I definitely have things in my cupboard that still probably have some of those oils in them. But um, another one I think that's actually just popped into my head that I did not look at the back of. So I don't want to just throw this one under the bus, but things like veggie straws, because these are a lot of things that we, you know, give our kids, think, oh, it's a step up from chips or whatever, but pretty sure if I was to look at the back of that, sunflower oil or canola oil or something would be involved in that. So again, just making choices. Are there some things you could make, you know, from scratch? I don't make everything from scratch. I don't make yogurt from scratch. Maybe one day I will. There's a lot of things I don't and a lot of things I pick and choose. But just the knowledge, maybe then you give your kids veggie straws only on special, special days. Like we do fruit snacks only on when it's like vacation or some just like a birthday or something. You know what I mean? Like those are a special thing in our house because they're not super good for you and I don't make my own. So I think a lot of times the choice could be you don't need to totally kick it out, but you really limit um, how much you are going to give it to yourselves or your kids. Okay. And I already said, it's your call to make these choices, but I'm just kind of trying to share with you how we do it so far. And again, still pretty fresh on the motherhood journey. So take it with a grain of salt. Some of you have already had, you know, been there, done that, and make these decisions for your kids. Okay, number two in a food that you could kick out of your kitchen, enriched flour. Oh my goodness. If you look at most processed foods, like Belvita cookies, um, the breakfast cookies, Nature Valley oatmeal bars, like pretty much a lot of bars and cookies and things like that. The first ingredient is going to be enriched flour, which it means that it's a lot of that in whatever food you're eating. They are listed on your ingredients, the the ingredients in whatever you're eating. I don't know why words are so hard. Only when I sit down to record are listed in the amounts. So if the very first ingredient you know, is enriched flour. That's what like most of your food is composed of. So this is according to a healthiermichigan.org, which is just a funny site to use for this, but I liked the way they talked about it. I thought it was simple. Enriched flour is flour in which most of the natural vitamins and minerals have been extracted. And this is done in order to give bread a finer texture and increase shelf life. When the bran and the germ, the parts of the wheat that contain fiber and nutrients are removed, your body absorbs wheat differently. So I used to think, I used to hear this and think like, well, what's the big deal? Just some vitamins and minerals are taken away. That's not a big deal. It is if that affects how our body digests it and absorbs it. 
So what happens when we take in enriched flour instead of, say, whole wheat flour, your body breaks it down super quickly and that makes our blood sugar spike up. So even onward and forward, when our blood sugar gets raised, it has to be metabolized. And if there's too much and our body can't metabolize it quickly enough, it's going to just store some of it as fat. It's like I can't get to it to break it down. And it's it's like when I try to organize my closet or something and I'm like super gung-ho and I'm going and then all of a sudden I like have to go do something else and then I just leave the extra pile of clothes and I just toss them on the, the bedroom chair or whatever in that pile, the infamous pile that I've talked about for two years on this podcast that is still a thing. It's sitting to my left right now. But you see what I mean? Like your body tries to break it down as, as quickly as it can and if it can't get to it, it's just like, okay, I'll sort it as fat. I'll get to it later. So it is a problem for those of us especially pursuing fat loss or wanting to maintain fat loss because whole wheat flour hits differently, literally. Your body digests it and absorbs it differently. So you want to, as much as you can, again, avoid the enriched flour. This would really should be in the 20%. And a lot of times you're going to probably think that it is not worth it. And whole wheat flour is a fine substitute. There's also a lot of other flour substitutes that are great substitutes. Almond flour, oat flour, different Tons of options that were not always available to us are available to us now, which is awesome. Coconut flour, another one. Um, But just, again, if you're not directly baking with it or cooking with it, because I don't think most of us are. I don't think most of us are like picking up all-purpose flour and enriched flour typically. Maybe we are. But I know for me that's not the case. But then there's a big caveat. If I'm lazy about looking at labels or I forget or it slips in my mind or whatever – that's when I'm ingesting it all the time because it's in things that I'm grabbing on the go. So just take a peek and again, decide what's worth it. And a lot of this is going to come down to just really limiting processed foods, highly processed foods. Okay, lastly, the last food that you can kick out of your kitchen is going to be a real hard one to do it with, okay? So this is all according to clevelandclinic.org, MSG. Okay, MSG, usually the big thing that most of us think of is Chinese food. And I've mentioned this a little bit on the podcast because I went a little bit down the rabbit hole with MSG as well. Just seems so difficult to totally kick out, but as much as we can minimize it, actually, if you've been with me forever, you know my love for tortilla chips, my love for tacos and tequila. I, my husband and I both love Hint of Lime tortilla chips. We used to eat them all the time, at least once a week. I'd always buy them for Taco Tuesday. However, it's this is the hard thing. It's not verified that they have MSG, and I'll get into that in a second. But I'm pretty sure they did because I felt like I was having some like reactions to MSG from having these chips. It was like always only after this night, and we don't have a lot of other things that have what comes up as natural flavors on it. And we've switched over to the blue corn organic tortilla chips from Aldi and I have not had these issues since. So I've joked around because it's, you know, I do love them, but sometimes you're like, okay, this is just not worth not feeling good. You know, that's what, if I'm trying to feel my best and live life to the fullest, it's not worth it to make myself feel sick once a week. So anyways, um, MSG is usually linked to obesity. And one explanation is for the ingredients possible linked to obesity. This is again, according to clevelandclinic.org that MSG makes our food taste better and then we're inclined to eat more of it, which in turn can cause weight gain because, again, it's usually in really highly processed foods and it it literally enhances the flavor so that we keep eating. 
It's drawing us in chemically. When your food tastes better, you're likely to eat more of it. And again, these foods increase your saliva production. Saliva is a palate cleanser, so it helps you to taste the food much more, and then you want to eat more of it. So interesting. And then the thing around MSG, because you can Google this, and this is what I was kind of talking about going down the rabbit hole of, like MSG illness or whatever. This is not totally verified. Just It just says, even according to clevelandclinic.org, some people cite symptoms like nausea, fatigue, or dizziness after having these highly processed food with MSG. Processed foods that include ingredients with naturally occurring MSG don't have to specify that they included it. But if a processed food includes one of these naturally occurring ingredients, it contains MSG. So here's the thing. They do not have to list MSG under the ingredients if it is naturally occurring in some of the ingredients they are using. So if something says, I'm going to butcher some of these, but it's fine. (laughs) Pardon my um, pronunciations hydrolyzed, hydrolyzed? Yeah, hydrolyzed vegetable protein, autolyzed yeast, hydrolyzed yeast, yeast extract, soy extracts, and protein isolate. So all of those can contain MSG. All of those do contain MSG because it is naturally in those ingredients. So Protein isolate, you're going to see in a lot of things. And this is not the same thing as whey protein isolate. Um, so take, so you typically, like, I do not get any of these reactions or bad feelings from having, like, the whey protein that I put in my protein shakes. But protein isolate that can be found in other bars, processed foods, whatever else. I see soy extracts a lot in a lot of different foods as well. So all of these do have MSG in them, and they just don't have to stick it on label. They don't have to report it. Now, if you are not having any kind of, like, reactions to it, symptoms of it, you know, do you need to necessarily kick this out? No, it's just something good to be aware of if you don't, if you find yourself like I did, like, oh, once a week, I don't feel really well. I feel really jittery after I have a lot of tortilla chips. Like, that's not normal. So it does, and I've felt a lot better taking it out. So all of this is just to hopefully, again, provide you a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of um, a backstory to the things that we're eating reminds you to check out your labels and to try to hit the whole foods that come from a ground or from a mother as much as possible because that's just where, you know, you're not going to find soybean oil and you're not going to find the hydro- hydrolyzed wheat yeast or whatever in an apple, in almond butter. You know, maybe you will in almond butter, actually. So look at the back of that, too. But (laughs) you see what I mean? If we can just get back to like eggs and beautiful omelets with vegetables and chicken and sweet potatoes, we're not going to run into this as much. So my takeaway is continuing to try to eat 80% from whole clean foods, like I just mentioned, and allowing my 20% to have these kinds of things and not really sweat it because I'm having them in small amounts and you know, knowing how my body is going to feel when I do and still not overdoing it. I'm going to feel, you know, I'm going to feel all right having a little bit of ice cream out, you know, even if it has whatever in it that I don't typically, I don't even typically eat dairy in that way. I'm usually eating like a little bit of cheese. I don't usually have anything that is that kind of lactose amount that that is an ice cream but if I eat it once in a while in a small amount I'm gonna be fine if I go out and have a large Sunday I'm gonna feel terrible so I think that's a takeaway is still 80% whole clean foods 20% 
of our indulgences and treats can include these things if we choose to, but making it a choice and knowing how it's going to affect our bodies. Okay? All right. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening. And if you need anything, shoot me an email at fitmomlifetothefullest at gmail.com. And if you're not on the email list, you can go to fitmomlifetothefullest.com and put in your email list right on the homepage and I will add you to it. And I send out emails every single Thursday with recipes and workouts and that kind of good stuff. All right. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you next time. Have a great rest of your day. Bye.